0: You're listening to the Brand Builders Lab Podcast, episode 27. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab Podcast. We're learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies that work and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business brand and big idea. Hey, hey, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Suzanne Chadwick, your host, and thanks so much for joining me again. Today I have got Holly Cardamone from Blue51 Communications. She is a content strategist, she's a writer, she has worked in head of comms roles, and she works with small businesses as well, help you get really clear on your content strategy, communication, and how you're connecting with your audience. So today we are talking about the different types of content writing, business writing, content writing, uh, and how you can be more influential, how you can make sure that you are speaking in your brand voice, and that that's something you feel really comfortable about. We're also talking about how you can Create a great structure so that you're building content that works for your business. So without further ado, here is this week's podcast episode. Holly Cardamone, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. very excited to be here. I know. So, uh, you're obviously part of the Exchanger community and you're a local person. So, it's nice to kind of be able to have this conversation in person. Absolutely. So, if you are listening to the podcast, you can also check this interview out on YouTube, on my YouTube channel at Suze Chadwick, if you want to watch it. I'm a bit of a video girl. So, that always works. But I think today is really good because we are going to be talking about. Content, Yay! (laughs) Which I know you're really passionate about and I'm a massive content repurposer which is kind of why I do the video and the audio and the written and all the rest of it. But I do want to talk today about some of the challenges that small business owners have when it comes to business writing and content. Fabulous. And so my question to you when we were preparing for this were what were some of the key questions? That you get when you're working with people as well.
1: Fabulous. Well, Suze, as you know, I've been in this game for 15 years yep. as of July. So, and in that time, time and time again, same questions keep coming up. The business landscapes changed a lot in 15 years, obviously. There was no such thing as social media. Yeah. Online was very much a website. Blogging was relatively new when I first started, it was a lot more, um, you know, more established media forms, so it's fabulous that the landscape's changed so much so that we all can have a voice and make the most of these amazing technologies for our businesses. But the same things keep coming up again and again. And for me, what I hear from my clients a lot is, number one, I can't write, I've been, and they've been told that they can't write, not true. Um, number two is, why should I plan my business writing? I like to be spontaneous yeah. and free and easy, <laughs> but planning is amazing. How do I come up with ideas is always a massive one. People have got amazing businesses, love what they do, but the actual conceptualization of what that is in terms of writing for their business can be really tricky. How can I sound like me is a big one and that's talking about branding voice and a lot of people find themselves locked into the year nine. Assignment and essay writing, and
0: or into the corporate space, exactly, or academic, which is
1: even next level nightmare to fix for writing. And again, the massive one is how can I get the most out of my content? We're all really, really busy people in business, so I'm all about taking 500 words and maximising the absolute life out of it to give it maximum impact across maximum channels. Yeah,
0: awesome, that's great. Well, those are the things we're going to go through today, and I think that they are hot topics right now, I think that a lot of business owners are struggling with those things. But before we kind of dive into the content today, tell us a bit about you. So you just said you've been in business for 15 years. What's your background? What have you been doing for the last 15 years? Oh, I did
1: have a couple of babies in there too, so that kept (laughs) me kind of busy. So I originally launched as Holly Cardamone Communications 15 Mm -hmm. years ago for my 30th birthday. That was my gift to myself. I don't know quite what i was thinking but before that i'd always worked in communications and uh, not-for-profits primarily and government organizations i've always loved being aligned to a cause so i launched my business in the 15 years i've had a two positions managing communications departments for Mm -hmm. -for not-for-profits but nothing can really compare for me to having my own show and i absolutely Mm -hmm. love the flexibility i love the diversity of my client list And as a communications person, when a client comes to me and they're very, very clear about their niche and who they work with, I do a happy dance because it makes my job so much easier. But for me, every day is different. I could work with a personal trainer one day, the next day is an interior designer. I have a special needs dentist that I absolutely love working with and I love that diversity. But what they have in common, I suppose, in terms of different industries, is they have an unwavering passion for what they do. So what are the key things that you're doing for them? Okay, so I have three sort of main roles. Communication specialist, so that's guiding people in their communications, making sure that the messages that they have and the audience they have are aligned through through their tactics. What's the best way to get this message to this audience? So that's communications aspects of it. Writing, obviously, I write every day in my business. So I write websites, Mm -hmm. I write social media captions, I write blog posts, I write articles, I write newsletters anything you can think of I've written. I've actually also written a profile for someone for a senior dating website. (laughs) And she nailed it, Suze. So, you know, I'm your girl. Now married with kids.
0: Awesome. (laughs) Just
1: put that away. File that away for the maybe. You know, don't keep that in the back of your mind. And then social media strategy. I don't manage people's platforms, but I do provide strategy and support
0: awesome which again
1: is aligned to communications social yeah. media is a social uh, communications tactic like any other yeah so make the most of it fantastic well i
0: think one of the first things that we did talk about was that people use different phrases yes and people get confused or may not realize the difference between different phrases so what are the different phrases that people use when they're talking about communication or copy
1: yes in terms of i've one thing I've found about writing specifically yeah. for business and for a business audience, that it falls into three categories, copywriting, and copywriting is all about sales. So when I think of a copywriter, I think of someone who's writing copy that's directly wanting to elicit a response that's related to sales. So product okay. descriptions, uh, strong calls to action against a sales process. Business writing for me is a little bit more overarching. So this is how you want your business presented through the written word. So this is everything from your emails and your sales invoices, your website copy, and obviously there's an element of sales about mm. that because there is an action at the end of it, but it's broader. Okay. And then content writing is for me more of a targeted strategy. So mm-hmm. it's that's blogging, it's email campaigns again tied to broader business goals. Yeah. But it's it's broader. Yeah, I love those three
0: definitions because I do think, like, I think when we were first talking about this podcast, I was like, well, should we talk about copywriting for small business? And you're like, well, there's actually different ways that people can be using the written word. And I think that understanding those three different things, why they're different, and maybe taking a look at how you're using them in your business Mm -hmm. is a good place to start
1: as well. Absolutely. So all writing business writing should be tied to two things. Number one's the broader business vision mm-hmm. and the goals for that business. Everything that you put in the written word should be tied to that. The second thing obviously is audience. And once a week I get a question from someone saying to me, do you write for SEO? And My answer is no, I write for an audience, not for Google. It's normally a happy um, by design, SEO works its way into that, but that's not what I write for. I write for this business and they're wanting to target this specific audience and these are the best messages to get there. So that's how, and that's what I, how I approach it in my own business as well. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So now that we understand
0: the differences, how can I get the most out of my content?
1: This is probably one of my most favorite things to talk about. And I do geek out a little bit and we've talked about this, um, Personally as well, I know you absolutely love your video. Yeah. I work the opposite way around. So for me, if I write a blog post, then I'll then turn that into a video. But what you could do, because you have such amazing video content, get your video, have it transcribed onshore if possible. So then we know the grammar's okay. And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that, that transcript will say it's 500 words. You can turn that into a blog post. You can turn that, tweak it a little bit, turn it into a LinkedIn article, take elements of it and turn it into beautiful graphics Yeah. and include that as content for your email campaign to your list. So you can almost come up with an unending amount of content from that 500 words. Yeah. And amazing. that's what I love about maximizing content.
0: Yeah. And I actually just did an Insta story like just before you came, which was a photo of the camera and now setting here. And for me it is, it's video, it's audio, it's transcript, it's Instagram, it's Facebook, it's like all of the channels just with one piece of content.
1: Amazing. And
0: I'm all about working smarter, not harder. Like I just want to kind of do something once and then I'll cut all of it, but then I'll give it to my VA and she'll distribute it.
1: Perfect. And the other thing you can do when you see a theme arising out of your content, you can whack that into an ebook. So that just makes it a nice palatable way of engaging with you in a different way. So it might even be a topic you haven't considered for your business, but it's just sitting there ready to be used Yeah, and that's what I love about it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I also think that by doing the repurposing, it allows you to explore new platforms without actually it being a really hard task.
1: Absolutely, and you have this content, use it, make the most out of it. I've turned blog posts that are four years old now into something I call communications truth bombs and that's where little snippets so they're easy to digest but little actions that people can take away from it this is content that's nearly five years old and I'm still using it and it's bringing it to life
0: yeah but I kind of think that that comes back to your core message
1: absolutely and planning which we don't yeah. talk about as well <laughs> but yes absolutely
0: yeah I just I mean I'm doing a Facebook live a little bit later today but I do think that yeah you do want to make sure that you're known for something and having consistency of message and sharing content that you shared five years ago and content that you shared now i think is just smart yes i think it's a good way to be using your content yes and for people to feel like oh like that is what holly talks about Mm. whatever those topics are for sure great so how can i sound more like me so i know that this was a question that Uh, You get people hate their own tone of voice sometimes And so what are some tactics or tips you give to people to help them feel more natural when they're riding? Well,
1: this is a really interesting one and I absolutely love this question and this whole concept. Have you ever met someone? In real life that are really warm and bubbly and happy and funny and then you read them online and they're a complete disconnect. You know, sometimes sometimes that can be me. Oh, never, <laughs> never. How dare you? How very dare you. So
0: but I felt like when I started in business, because I come from a consulting yes. background and I'm constantly writing Strategy documents, consulting scopes, like project work, yeah. those sorts of things. It's very, I joke around and I'm, I'm like, it's, you know, therefore thus hither yes. thereunto yes. type. Language. Grab
1: that Latin and never let go. When I was doing my communications masters, one of the topics that we talked about was voice. And think about when you see Vic Police interviews. Yes. And it's a very company line. Yeah. Look at their social media, it's completely different. I know. I think that's fabulous and it's such a nice translation into everyday language. Mm -hmm. In terms of your own writing, Think about you're explaining something, they used to say year nine child, Mm -hmm. now I'd go back to grade six. I say a seven year old. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. so really simplify your language. So, and it's funny because every industry has their own rules. The early childhood sector never, ever use the word kids. They always use the word child. So that's something I learned working in that sector. So every sector has their own rules. You'll have jargon that you're not even aware of. So if you can meet with someone, who are not necessarily someone like me, a professional, but someone who you can have a good conversation with, they'll pick up on that language really, really quickly Mm -hmm. and say, what do you mean by this? And then you're forced to strip it down to the bare bones of what you're trying to say. And that's the best way to connect with people in a language that's accessible, engaging, but also warm. The more warmth you can add to something, Even the most stale industries, you can add a bit of personality to. So that's what voice is. It's talking out loud. That can work for people in terms of writing. A lot of people freeze the second they start typing or writing. If you can speak into your transcriber, and I'm a Mac girl, I love my Mac, and that has a fabulous tool that you put your transcriber on, talk into it, then go back and clean the grammar. Mm. That can work really, really well. But I think in terms of the simplest thing you can do, imagine you're explaining what you want to write about to a child, Mm. grade six child, someone a bit clever, so don't dumb it down necessarily, but just watch your language.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I always say as well, when I'm writing my subscribers newsletter, I literally read it out aloud before I send it. Perfect. And so, and I'll put somebody's name in, so I'll be like, hey Holly, can't believe we're almost in August. It's been a really busy week here. And I'll read
1: it and I'll think, would I I say that to you? And that's amazing. And the the next added benefit to that is when, in terms of editing, which I know you absolutely love. (laughs) Holly's taking the mickey here because I'm terrible at editing just in case you didn't pick that up. When you read out loud, (laughs) get out, Holly. When you're reading something out loud, the second your lips start tripping over the words yeah. and it feels clunky, you know you've got a grammar issue. Okay. And put a little star next to it, keep reading, and then you can go back and clean that up. So it has that two, two benefits of reading out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> Just a little tip for me there. <laughs> Thanks,
1: Holly. Pleasure.
0: Yeah. Now the next question that you get as well is, why should I plan? People like to feel like they're spontaneous, they don't want to be kind of locked into a schedule,
1: but why should we be planning our content out? Planning is amazing, even for us uh, spontaneous crazy people, which is the opposite of me. But what it does is, as I said before, good business writing is aligned to business goals and audience. When you're planning a document, you're looking at your structure, you're looking at your messages, you're looking at the audience and the action you want to take from that. When you're planning that, it's so much more effective than when you do fly by the seat of your pants. Your words become more meaningful and punchy. Your purpose is very clear and it's easy to write to a purpose. Mm. Easier to write to a purpose.
0: Yeah, I find that uh, when I shoot videos where I have specific content, say for my online course or even when I'm doing vlogs, uh, I sometimes use my teleprompter. Yep. Uh, Now sometimes I can just shoot a video on the fly But I feel like if I've got a real purpose and I've got a really clear message and I need to get specific points across quickly and easily, that's something that I found is is writing that script, but making sure that it's in your tone of voice uh, and it comes across really natural and then doing that on video as well helps me to execute it in a shorter period of time. Well, that's
1: it. So planning could be as extensive as a script with a full outline. It could be a scribbled mind map on a whiteboard. But I think the key is when in terms of work for yourself, when you have a loose idea like today I want to write about uh, letterbox drops, that's when I ramble. But when I have a few key points against that and that reduces my workload at the other end when I have to go back and clean out all that rambling and the, the waffle. So that's why planning can be really powerful too, in terms of, as I said, we're all really busy. Do you really have time to cut 400 words out of everything that you write? So planning can sort of prevent that. Yeah, for sure.
0: Uh, And I think that also, so with Facebook Live, I do that too. So before I start, I think, okay, well, today I'm gonna talk about four key points when it comes to building your brand. These are the four points and I might just have a couple of notes underneath it. But then once I finish the live, I'll copy and paste that and I'll edit it or you know make sure it sounds right but it just makes it really clear. I don't lose my train of thought or, cause I've planned yeah. and I've got it ready to go.
1: And the other part of that in terms of maximizing your content, you've got it there. You can turn that into a blog post very yes. fairly easily or your email campaign. Yeah, for sure. And okay. Someone very wise once said to me, what's the one key takeaway you want to have from this interaction? Do you remember that person? Have a look in the mirror. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> I'm sure it was somebody very wise, Holly. So yes. wise. But that's, yeah. that's it. So every piece of content you're putting out into the world, what's the action? Yeah. What do you want people to think, respond to this? Is it for them to fall in love with you a little bit or to fall in love with your business? Is it to get to know you? So they all have a purpose.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I do think that if you do have a purpose and you do have a really clear understanding of what you want to be known for, what are your core messages that you want to be talking about, you know, who are you speaking to and what are the platforms you want to be on, then the content that you're writing is gonna be able to land where you want it to land. Absolutely. Rather than doing sort of like a bullet pro you know, a bullet approach or, you know, we used to call it spraying and praying. Yeah. And just kind of put as much out there, see what sticks on the wall. Yeah. But I think Mm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a bit too visual. (laughs) gonna leave that one alone uh but yeah but you know i think that a lot of times we just sit and we write and we don't really think about what's the call to action here? So one of the big questions that I think a lot of business owners have or issues is how they come up with content ideas. I think sometimes we feel like I've said it all, they've heard it all. They think how can I come at it from a fresh angle?
1: Yes, so this is a really fascinating question to me because as someone who's worked as a writer for 15 years, I don't have writer's block and it's because I simply don't have time for the inspiration to strike. But that's not to say I don't have ideas floating through my head for every single project that comes across my desk. But when that happens, when I am feeling a little bit more stumped than usual, I have some strategies that I pull out. And these are writers' prompts. And their writers' prompts are something that are much loved in creative writing circles as mm. well as business writing. So they I have a set of 10 that I use again and again and again, which I'm happy to share with you. Yeah. Give me a couple of examples. Like yep. what sort of Absolutely. Props? So, one of them, which is my favorite is called, I call what the, with a question mark. Yeah. And I find every industry, no matter how stable, has some sort of controversy floating around, a little bit of scandal in the Ooh, winds. Okay. Oh, misconceptions. And misconceptions are massive and people often ignore them because it's not part of their reality. But I think it's a really, really powerful content example. So this is, what is it that you do compared to what people might actually think you do? So I think mm. VAs are a really good example yes. of that. Across the board, they might be have strong views about offshore um, VAs being re- used. Yeah. They might have views about rates of pay. They also may have really strong views about what it is that they do, the service they provide compared to what perception of that is Mm -hmm. and even going through that question can really clarify some of the content for example on their services page yeah as they go through this question in their own minds or even scribbled out on paper they can really cement what it is they do and and what they want to be known for yeah so that's a really um a fun one another one i really love is um, likes and loves so if i have a blog post come in, for example, for something, I try and find the the positivity and the fun and the joy and the good news in it. And that's normally, depending on the process, asking a few key people, what do you love about this piece of work or this um, concept? And that normally sparks a conversation. So, uh, for example, a client who's an interior designer has just done a, a fascinating project. It's turning a bachelor pad she, it's blending two people so uh, two single people coming together yeah. moving into the bloke's place was yeah. very much the big screen TV and an yeah. ugly couch and that was it <laughs> and his wall of trophies and mm-hmm. how do we blend that together and when she was telling me this I said this is a perfect blog post for you and we'll get so much social media out of it Yeah, because it is it's such a cool it's, story it's a and fun we can all connect well. with it, and yeah. that's fun and, and she also has other clients at the other oh, extreme who are downsizing so taking you know, 40 years worth of memories Mm. and family memories and translating that into a two bedroom apartment. And so she's looking at it aesthetically, obviously, but I'm looking at the story behind that. And so... I love that, Polly.
0: That's really, really good. So they're two quite
1: specific examples. Yeah. But writer's prompts can be something when you are feeling a little bit stuck. If you go through some of these and some will resonate, others won't, but that's Mm. what I love about them. You might get a hundred ideas out of one and three out of another Mm. or vice versa. Yeah, no, that is. But my point is, don't wallow in in Mm. waiting for the muse because there's no such thing. But have a strategy behind you, and when you're feeling like you're inspired, with some prompts, go for it, go nuts, do as much as you need to. Yeah. So you've got a bank of ideas to go back to.
0: Yeah, I love that as well, and I try and do that. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But sometimes I feel like when I am inspired, then I try and do more. So that when I'm not, I've got something to go back to. But yeah, I've got a couple of notebooks with just a lot of questions that people ask me. So I have got an Excel spreadsheet and I've sort of shared this before as well, but I've got an Excel spreadsheet and every time somebody asks me a question, I put it in the Excel spreadsheet. Now I might not be writing about it right now, but if I need to go back.
1: And do a video or write a blog. You have I'm like content sitting there waiting for you. And the opposite of that, are what are what are the questions people don't ask you, but you really, really wish they would? Yeah. So that's the other part of it. So it's just thinking a little bit more differently, I suppose. Yeah. Out of your own day to day of how people who don't know who you are and what you do, how can you explain it to them? And what are the content ideas that fall out of that?
0: Yeah, awesome. And I do kind of like I am drawn to. Uh, content that is five things you didn't know about entrepreneurship okay. or yep. five myths or whatever, however many numbers, whatever it is. Uh, and yeah, and I, I am drawn to that. I'm like, well, what are these myths that I'm... <laughs> that's good
1: because guess what? They perform really well as well in Google. Yeah. Anything with a list attached to it can perform
0: really well. Yeah. Well, obviously, well, when I do search on things that are, yes. you know, seven tips, two or five myths that or so I think that that's a good tip as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so when it comes to uh, business writing and, co- and websites, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that people need to be thinking about? Because obviously that is, you know, I kind of like to call it the one source of truth. Yes. Like all of your socials are just, you know, their platforms that other people own. Yes. It's really an opportunity for people to find you and then come back to your one source of truth. Absolutely. Which should be your website. Um, which you control and you own. So, what sort of things should we be thinking about in order to really capture the reader when they come to our website? I think
1: the number one key strategy for all writing and messaging, I suppose, is clarity. Homepage essential is to have one sentence there that says, "This is who I am. This is what I do." And I saw one recently that was something about helping, heart-centered female entrepreneurs connect with their true core and connect to a higher being and then I kept reading and I realized that they were a palm reader and I just thought that's just made me work far too hard to work out what the hell it is you do and how you can help me palm reading fascinating that's you know put that in one one sentence, and suddenly your interest is sparked. You really want to know what that means. And please look at my palm. Like what? What, what are you <laughs> yeah. telling me? So I think clarity is really, really important from the get go. The second someone lands on your website, be very clear about who you are and how you can help them. Yeah. And all marketing is answering a question, and that's what is in it. What's in it for me? Yes. So if you can answer that straight away, second most important page obviously is about page, and d- depending on the business, most you know, it's well said that we buy from people we like. Beautifully written about page. Mm. And when I'm writing them, I normally split them into two. First part's always about the business, who, this is the business, this is how they can help, this is who they work with. Second part's always in the first person, as much as humanly possible, this is who I am, this is what mm. I do. And that's the way people connect with people. Yeah. And even more corporate environments, or clients, I might, have, I might change it to meet the team and I might change it to first, per, uh, second person, mm. talking about who, the, per, who the, the team members are. But I always try and encourage people to have at least a message from our founder. And that's the way you can connect with someone and it normally shares their story about why they started the business, what mm. drives them in terms of passion yeah. for helping people. And the context of that.
0: Yeah, we do uh, so when I'm working with clients on employer branding, we do digital brochures, which is basically in a nutshell what the employee value proposition is and why they should come and work here. And we always have a message from the HRD. Yeah. Which we say, like, why do you work here? What is the personal impact that you have on the business or that you've, you know, you've taken from working here? Like and trying to really make it as personal as possible because I think large corporates do really struggle with that.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and
0: humanizing their brand. That's
1: right. And that leads to a connection and connection leads to engagement.
0: Absolutely. That that right there is an Insta quote. Good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Yeah.
0: yeah, absolutely. And I do, even with the about page, I had an about page for a long time and I am in the middle of moving from a business to a personal brand myself uh, and it was very much um, it was a bit more formal like yeah. it was very much about the business and really not that much about me Yep. Uh, and I've rewritten it recently to be very customer focused Perfect. and then also like lots of fun things about me like Perfect. 10 facts you may not know with photos of me skydiving and yeah. with my family and traveling and stuff because that's what I'm really passionate about. It's why I do what I do. So uh, so yes, yeah, so I think that that's a really good tip as well. So if you are thinking about updating your about page then I think that those are things to implement.
1: Absolutely. People need to know who you are, that you know your stuff and that you're passionate about it. No one wants to work with someone who's meh <laughs> about what they do. Yeah. You know, they want to be inspired. A lot of the times, depending on, again, of the business, people might be, it might be a significant investment for them to work with you. So you want mm. them to be feeling like they're in the best possible hands. Yeah, that you're going to support them and nurture them through their buying process journey with you.
0: All about brand experience. Holly. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> my goodness.
1: You know, I love me
0: and my brand I experience. Do. Awesome. Well, those have been some really great tips. Uh, We will have all of the notes in the show notes or all of the tips in the show notes as well. So obviously talking about the different types of uh, copy or writing that you can have, how you can get the most out of your content, how you can sound more like yourself and have an authentic brand voice, um, why planning is a good thing to do when it comes to your content as well as uh, how you can come up with ideas. So.
1: If you want to find out more about Holly, where can they find you? Uh, my website is blue51.com.au. I love Instagram, so I'm blue51 underscore Holly there. That's where I'm hilarious. <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> a little less so. And, in, and LinkedIn, I'm there because I've got to be. <laughs> it's not my favourite. No,
0: I know. I, I hope Karen Hollenbach's not yeah, listening to Yeah, don't listen, to this. Karen. <laughs> I'm not loving LinkedIn either. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Pleasure.
1: thank you for having me.
0: Well, I hope that you enjoyed that podcast episode. I loved talking to Holly. She's so funny as well. So if you're looking for somebody to help you more with your comm strategy uh, or write copy for your website, then definitely check Holly out. All of her details will be in the show notes and you can connect with her on her different channels. Now, if you loved this podcast episode and you're enjoying all of our episodes, So, I would love you to go over to iTunes and leave a review because it does help other people to find us, which, you know, how good would that be? And if you don't follow me uh, on socials, then make sure you get onto it. I'm on Suze Chadwick or at Suze Chadwick on Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and uh, YouTube almost forgot that one, and uh, on Suzanne Chadwick TCX on Facebook. So until our next episode, have an amazing week and I can't wait to see you again soon.